0: How's everybody doing? Like PD said, it's our last week. Everybody excited? So I'm excited for the drive. I don't know. PD has to, now has to drive up an hour. Now he, he's going to know what it feels like. <laughs> no, but um, it's a pleasure. I know today's an exciting day for us, um, as is our last Sunday. Um, so let's just go before the Lord in prayer. Um, Father, we just thank you. Um, for this day, I thank you for this opportunity to speak to your people, Father. Um, speak through my mind, uh, think through my mind, and speak through my lips, oh God, let the words of my mouth be, and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. 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 So today, in light of our um, transition, um, I w- we want to talk about trusting God. Um, so I want to start off by saying a quote. Um, The quote starts off, "Um, There are two sides to the matter of trust. There is a decision of trust and a habit of trust. Um, There's a decision of trust and a habit of trust. Um, The first is called commitment. The second is called trust. Trust follows commitment, not always right away, but it begins there. In the middle of our fears, we make a decision to trust. This does not immediately bring the habit of trust. But if we will muster the courage to commit our way to God, we shall soon learn to trust. Amen? And that was by a pastor named Paul Larson. Um, So our scripture verse today is not going to be lengthy. It's Psalm chapter 37. So if you turn there say amen. If you don't have a Bible, the Bible's in the back if you don't have any. So so our topic, like I said, is trusting the Lord and trusting God. A lot of times we hear this term... Trust in the Lord, or trust in God, or um, let God do it. And we often take it for cliche or hyperbole. We don't really, we, a lot of times we don't really take it for face value. We just take it like, okay, trust in the Lord means absolutely nothing to me, you know? Um, but we, we, tend to not, we tend to not know why, how, and what it actually means to trust in God, and trust in the Lord in our daily walks. And even with our move now, what does it actually mean to trust God? So we're going to look at a practical view of trusting the Lord. Amen? Amen. So our scripture, re- our scripture verse is very short. So Psalm chapter 37, um, verse 5. It says, commit your ways to the Lord, trust in him, and he will act. Amen? Amen? Um, this is as plain as it gets. <laughs> I-, I can wrap it up like PD says. We can close the scripture here and go home. Simple, simply, commit your ways to the Lord, trust in him, and he will act. Um, and as we read in Proverbs chapter 3, let's just go back there. That Alan did a wonderful job of reading. Our last time in Willenboro, Alan read. <laughs> <laughs> so he had some pressure too. Um, so chap- Proverbs chapter 3, as we just read in verse 5 and 6, um, very popular verses we hear oftentimes, especially if you grew up in a church like I did. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. And uh, King James Version says, he will direct your path. Amen? Amen. Um, So simply, so why is it so imperative? Um, So throughout the the scriptures, we see that God tells us to trust in the Lord. We We have read two scriptures that said, trust in God, trust in the Lord. Um, and in Proverbs, it says, do not even rely on your own understanding. Um, so throughout scriptures, God continually implores us from the beginning to the end to trust in the Lord. Um, so my goal here today is to encourage us as a family and individually as Christians to take the Lord at his word and to actually trust in him. Um, so simply in Proverbs chapter three, verse five, it, talk, it says, as we read it again, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And do not lead on your own understanding. So, why is it so imperative or so important that we do not rely on our understanding, on our own understanding? Um, simply because our own understanding or our understanding as we know it as human beings does not offer us full reality, a full view of reality. Um, we have a very limited understanding of reality and how this world works and um, on how we and how life works. The Lord gives us wisdom. Um, And he encourages us to to do wisdom, like 10 years ago. We have more understanding, we have more wisdom now than ever before. You know, 10 years ago, having an iPad or having a tablet would be, you know, unheard of. And now it's, you. pretty much everybody has a tablet or a smartphone or some kind of, you know, technology device. So we have, we know more about this world, science has improved, technology has improved. Um, So we have wisdom. But even at our maximum potential, we're still we are still clueless. We can't we are we can't even fathom and understand the knowledge of God. Amen. We do not possess all knowledge. It would not only be blasphemous but foolish to think that we know the outcome of our of our every even our simplest decisions. You know, um, I know with us as kids, we 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 dream that one day one day we'll become adults and we'd be able to make our own decisions. As kids, we had, I would think as an 8 17-year-old, I had one decision, where to go to college. It wasn't even a decision whether I wanted to go to college or not, that wasn't even a choice of mine. It was where I wanted to go to college, what I wanted to study, and that was pretty much um, all, of my, all of my decisions. You know? So we, we thought like, as kids, as teenagers, like, I can't wait to get older, I can go where I want, drive where I want, do what I want, and, and everything, right? Uh, I'm not. The, I'm not the only one, but, um, but we even in our adulthood we can study, we can go to school, we can even for a simple decision where do we live? You know, we can uh, do house inspection, we can talk about this how the schooling system is and how everything is, but we still don't know the exact out. We can't predict the exact outcome of our decision. You know, no not matter how much counseling we can seek, um, we just we in our limited human experience, is only so far we can get. Um, and even Proverbs 13, further on in, in verse 13, it talks about, bless the one who finds wisdom and the one who gets understanding. So the Lord wants us to get understanding. He wants us to get wisdom. It's not like the, the Lord wants us to remain idiots or remain foolish, but he wants us to go to school. And there's books, there's iTunes University, That there's Audible classes, there's all bunch of things that we can further our education and further our understanding and our knowledge, but it's, it's only as far as we can get. Um, we simply don't have the same vantage point that God has, you know. I think about the TV show Cops and uh, when they're running through backyards of LA and they're doing that, even 20 years ago, the, the OJ trial, you know, and they needed a helicopter to walk around and I me mean, to fly around and actually follow him and follow the, the people on Cops to see where they're going. And, to give a different vantage point, simply because the, if you were simply following somebody through a neighborhood, you might you might get lost. You might not under, you could you could think about okay, he might go here, he might be hiding under here. But how many of us know a helicopter is a way better vantage point than we do, than on the ground? Amen. So simply that, that same thing as God. God has a, a different different viewpoint than we do. He's as the Creator, as the one that created the universe and created us. Um, even knows us individually, he has a different vantage point than we do. And he has a different understanding of how this world goes. Um, Even in Luke, um, let's let's go there. Luke chapter 3, verse 7. It's a short verse, but um, Luke chapter 3, verse 7. And it reads, sorry, it's not the right verse. Yeah, sorry, I wrote down the wrong verse. But um, pretty much, the Lord even knows how many, how much hair is on our on our individual heads. You know, He even knows. We don't even care. I mean, unless you're lo- starting to lose your hair, you might be able to say, "Okay, I have a little, I have ten left," <laughs> or, or whatever. But you know, but generally, you don't even care how much hair, how many strands of hair you have in your head. We we it's we don't need to know. <laughs> um, or oh, there's, no, there's no way we could even, you know, figure out how many strands of hair that we have. Um, I know even looking at my arm the other day. I'm like, I have a couple bl- blonde strands on my arm. I don't know. Whatever. But the Lord knows. He put it there, I guess. <laughs> um, you know, so even the Lord even knows even the, the, simplest, um, the simplest details about our lives, about our decisions, about everything that we go through. Um, What we have no clue about, God knows inside out. Uh, Even to use the example of our hair, God even knows that. What we have no clue about it. Um, Let's jump to the Philippians. I know I'm I'm making you jump around a little bit, but I I promise I don't have too many scriptures. So let's jump to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and Um. 7. We start at verse verse 4. It says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again I say, rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let our requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So we see here, throughout the Bible, the Lord tells us do not fear, do not be anxious, do not, you know, do not worry. Um, tells us he doesn't want us to be anxious, he does not want us to be, um, to be afraid. Um, all these things, simply because, and, and this is, like, we, um, we serve a God who's trustworthy. We serve a God... Who, is, who wants to take on our, on our burdens. Um, he does not want to, so why would we put our reliance and trust in ourselves who don't know everything? Let's put our reliance, we, have a, we serve a God who wants us to put our burdens on him and wants us to rely on him and trust in him even for the simplest details in our lives. Um, so I have three points um, to just kind of talk about on how to, on why we should trust God and how does we trust God. Um, so let's jump a couple more scriptures I promise not too many Um, well Psalms let's jump back to the Psalms in the middle of your Bible just open it up you probably end up somewhere in Psalms (laughs) so Psalm chapter 50 or Psalm I'm sorry PD (laughs) Psalm chapter 50 Uh, when you got there say I got it Okay, so verse 7 through 12. It says, Hear, O my people, hear, O my people, and I will speak, O Israel. I I will testify against you. I am God, your God. Not for your sacrifices do I rebuke you. Your burnt offerings are continually before me. I will not accept a full bull from your house or goats from your foals. For every beast of the forest is mine, the cattle on a thousand hills. I know all the birds. Of the hills and all that moves in the field is mine, Amen. So we see here why, why, what makes God trustworthy? Simple fact here: we saw He owns the supply. Um, he owns every beast in the field, every beast in the forest, He all the cattle on the hills, all the birds on the hills. Everything is mine. And even verse twelve, which I think is hilarious, it says, "If I were hungry, I would not tell you, for the world and its fullness is mine, are mine." So God, I mean. So here, that's one reason that God is trustworthy. He owns the supply. Um, I remember back in my first year of college, a couple of my friends worked at uh, the Pizza Hut on campus. And uh, one, friend in the, one friend in particular, he would close up pretty much every night or every other night or so. Um, so instead of throwing away the food, they would give him maybe like a 10 pound garbage bag full of food. So at 2 a.m. he would come to the room and he'll have you know, pizzas and burgers and, and uh, chickens, whatever you know, whatever he had, whatever they had, mozzarella sticks, all kind of things. Um, and he had, like, we seemed, at, at the time, we had no money. We were broke, college freshmen, um, college freshmen. and we, And he came with a whole bag of food um, and we trusted him that <laughs> every night when we were hungry, he would bring a whole bag of food. So I mean, I look at God in the same way. Like he he has everything, you know. And and he as our, as our Father, like we could put our trust in the God that owns it all. Amen. Amen. Um, we need to. We think of God owns our provisions, whatever we need to live out our lives. He has it. You know, if we could put our hope in anybody, why not put our hope in the one that owns it all? You know, why not put our hope in the one that, that owns it? You know, all the money um, is backed by something, and whatever it's backed by, God owns it. You know, it's, um, and He owns all, all our provisions. And in verse 12, which I find is hilarious, it says, If I were hungry, I would not tell you. Like, God is like, If I was hungry, I don't even need to tell you. You know, I, it's not like my wife. Um, It's like if she's hungry, she's like, "Cleve, I'm hungry. What can we eat? What can we eat?" Guys, like, I don't even need to tell you because I I own it. You know, if I want if I want Chick Fil A, I can have Chick Fil A. Um, You know, so even so, guys, like, the world is mine. The fullest is mine. If I want it, I have it. So even in our move, like, we don't need to gimmick people and pressure people to give money. You know, and to say, hey, you know, and try to come up with gimmicks and and different things to to fund what God is already doing because He's like, if I if I need it, I'll supply it, yeah. amen. And we don't need to come up with, we don't need to come up with the, these things that we that we see people doing to try to you know, um, gimmick God's people or to come up with a scheme to earn money and to earn earn uh, provisions because God's like, if I if I want it. I have it, you know. I don't need to ask. I don't need to beg people for money because I own it. Amen. Amen. Um, so that's the first, the first point that God owns the supply. He's the provider and He owns the provisions. Amen. So our second point is that God is sovereign. So let's jump to Job, chapter forty-two. So if you're in Psalms, just go to the previous book, a couple books over. So Job chapter 42, the last chapter in Job. And so uh, I think a lot of us are familiar with, with Job's story. Um, you know, he was, a, he was a man of God and he lost everything and then um, he went through trials and then in the end he, he got everything back a hundredfold. So if we see, or I mean a hundredfold, but he got everything back. But um, in Job chapter 42, and if you read the previous verse, previous chapters in your, you know, when you get home and stuff, um, God kind of G-checks Job a little bit. <laughs> it kind of goes, it kind of tells, like, Job, like, fool, do you know who I am? Like, do you know who, like, who I am? Like, I am God. And then Job kind of gets the revelation here in chapter 42. He says, um, in verse 2, he says, I know that you can do all things and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. Um, who is this as high counsel without knowledge? Therefore, I have other what I do not understand, it's things too wonderful for me, which I do not know. Here, and I will speak. I will question you, and you make it known to me. So, the, the, the key point here is verse two. He says, "I know that you can do all things, and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted." Um, simply, we trust God because He's unstoppable, and He's, he's um, and He's sovereign. Whatever he puts in motion, he's going to finish it. And whatever, every minor details of our lives, the ups and downs of Job's life, God was still there, you know. And God was—it was all part of God's plan. Um, and all—and His purposes can't be stopped, no matter what we do. Amen. Um, one more verse. One more scriptures. Jump over two books, uh, to or three books to Isaiah. Um, to the right of the Bible, um, this is Isaiah chapter fourteen. Isaiah chapter 14, verse 24, and it it says, the Lord of hosts has sworn, as I have planned, so shall it be, as I have purposed, so shall it stand. So here the Lord is saying, as I have planned, whatever I put in motion, whatever I decide to do is going to get done. Um, even in Job's life, he lost it all. He was down and out. But God was even there, and God was in the midst of him losing everything. And even in us, when we are going, even our times when we feel that God is not there, he is still sovereign, and he's still in control. Um, God, like Alan talked about last week, God's not sleeping, you know? Like, he gives us the power to sleep because he doesn't have to sleep. He's still in control. He's still working. He's still working even when we think that um, he's not there and that he think, we think he's not in control, he's still in control because he's all-powerful. Amen? Amen? So the first two things is God is, owns the supply and that he is sovereign. Um, so that's why we should trust in him. That's what makes him trustworthy. Uh, who else would you try? Who else would you rather trust in an unstoppable force that owns it all, you know? He's like, he's like Bill Gates mixed with Mike Tyson from the 90s, you know? <laughs> <laughs> And and just, you know, unstoppable and got all the money. Amen? Um, But even in in all that, this all-knowing, all-powerful God, he still wants us to communicate, um, to talk with him, to be, um, um, to to walk with him and to have a relationship with him. Amen? Um, One last scripture, I think, or maybe two more. Uh, Luke chapter 11. I don't think I laughed as much, like, doing prepping this this message, I don't think I really laughed at, like, the, the scripture, like, it, he's, God says a lot of funny things, and I will point out some more things, just on how, you know, how, like, um, this abrasive God was, that Jesus was, just like, in his, in his language, amen? All right, so Luke chapter 11, so Jesus is talking to, uh, well, Jesus is praying, and then Um, So I'll just read it. So now Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. For we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us, and lead us not into temptation. Um, So we see here that Jesus is praying, and that one of his disciples come up to him and says, Lord... You know, teach us to pray. How, how, how do we do what, what you're doing? And then he continues to say, And he said to them, Which of you has a friend? will go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has arrived on a journey and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within, Do not bother me. The door is now shut and my children are in bed with me, are with me in bed. I cannot give, get up and give you anything. So here we, Jesus, painting a picture. Um, so let's say in, in our time frame, it's 2014, and you're you know you're married, you have kids, and you put your kids to bed, you brush your teeth, wife is laying in bed, kids are sleeping, and you have a friend that has a buddy come over from out of town and, or and from Willingboro <laughs> to come stay to stay to stay at your, stay at their house. And so they're like, man, I need to feed this guy some food. So let me call up my, my friend, and you're be you being the friend. You're ready to go to sleep, and they call you and say, hey, man, I need some bread. Come outside and give me <laughs> give me some bread. And Jesus saying, um, so it, and Jesus saying it, it, it would not be preposterous for you that already set your kids to bed to say, man. I'm not getting up and give you and give you any bread, because I'm ready. I'm about to go. I'm about to go to sleep. So why would I? Why would I get out, out of my bed, out of the comfort of my home, disturb the kids, um, disturb the kids, wake them up, make them angry at me, just so I can give you bread? Can I wait till the morning, um, or so forth? Um, and then Jesus continues to say in, in verse eight, he continues. He says, "I tell you, though he will not get up and give him anything because he is your friend, yet because of his impudence, he will rise." And give him whatever he needs, uh, and he'll give him whatever he needs. So here, Jesus, Jesus is saying, because he's, just because he's friend, it doesn't mean he'll he'll he, he 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 needs to get up and 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 give you what you need, and give you the piece of bread, um, give you the piece of toast. But he says, because of his impudence, he will rise and give him whatever he needs. Um, I think the key word here is yet because of his impudence. Um, I think a lot of times we, we interpret this as uh, the man was being persistent, kept calling a texting him, hey, come outside, I need some bread, I need some food. But I think the better interpretation, and I like the way the ESV uses the word impudence, um, and I looked it up, it means uh, it means impudence, not showing due respect for another person. So here, God is saying, "This guy is shameless. He is, uh, he is, uh, he he he's, he's shameless. He pretty much has no shame in calling you at two o'clock in the morning and asking you for bread. He has no no kuth as as older people would say, no or no decency about him. To but, and and I think in this passage, we are the we are the ones calling God, and God is the one in his bed." Does not need to get up, but we are the ones in need of this bread, in need of um, whatever we ask. And God even allows us to be shameless, you know, to be shameless to approach Him. To be shameless, even in our in our sin, in our um, in our sin state, God allows us and gives us the opportunity to approach Him. You know, this big unstoppable. Um, a big, fierce God, he still allows us shamelessly to approach him. And we'll just continue. In verse 9, it says, And I tell you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And the one who seeks, finds. And to one who knocks, it will be opened. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, we'll give him a scorpion. If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? And I think and what, other, what other made me laugh was in verse 13. He says, if you then, who are evil, know how to good give, give good gifts to your children. So here Jesus is talking to one of his disciples. <laughs> you know, the disciples are the one who asked, and Jesus says, you who are evil, you know, like how you how you gonna call me evil, Jesus? Like I, I've been following you around, do whatever you say, and yet you call me evil. I just thought that I started busting out laughing at that. But like even us who are evil and know we have um, we have uh, offended God in our sin, and and we need to repent, and we need you know we needed the blood of of Christ um, to save our souls. Even us, we can. How we can be shameful and we can approach God, you know, and God gives us the opportunity to approach Him, to ask Him, to talk to Him um, as our Father and as our God. Amen? Amen. Um, one last scripture. This is it, I promise. <laughs> Hebrews, uh, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14. And it says, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14. And it says, Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness." Says, but one who in every aspect has, begun, has been tempted as we are. Yet without sin, let us with, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we be, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. So here, God gives us, we we have we can have confidence when we're talking to God. You know, um, what better person to trust some, than somebody that we can confidently ask and they will, you know, give and they will provide for us. Um, even as as we read in Luke. We know to take care of our kids. You know, our, um, you know whether we have kids now, or we're gonna have kids in the future. Um, we know as human beings, we know how to take care of our kids. I just watched the NBA draft and I talked to my wife about it and stuff. And like you see, even there, I mean, I know a lot of times we hear about the outliers, like the LeBron James, the Allen Iversons, kids who, who became successful in basketball without fathers. But if you look at overwhelmingly, especially this year in the draft, most of the, most of the kids there had fathers present. You know, they came from former athletes or they came from money. Um, you, know, um, you know, it's charter schools and, and different things like that. And I think even if they know how to take care of the kids and, and give the kids the best, how much more is God able to do that? You know, who has it all and who has the all power and who can do it all. Amen? And even we... We can we can confidently talk to God. He allows us to. Um, it's not like other religions or other beliefs where um, where you're unable to talk to your you're unable to talk to your deity or you're, you're too, um, your your to deity doesn't allow you to to um, to communicate with them. Or even I look at other religions who you know deliberately go through times of you know sacrifice not for discipline but out of mandate, you know, they go through times of mandate, like you can't do this, you can't do that because of mandate. But here we have a God that says, okay, you are evil, but yet you can talk to me, you know, you can still communicate with me. We can still, You can still confidently approach my throne. And Jesus took on our sufferance. He, um, he, he's able to sympathize with our weaknesses. He's able to, he understands what it is to walk on this earth and he's able to understand what it means to be tempted as we are, what it means to go through times where you have, you know, you have no food, you have no place to live, um, where you're unsure um, what it means to be tempted by being, you know, with, even tempted to be unsure about the future and tempted to not even trust, trust God. And Jesus understands that. He sympathizes with us, you know. Um, I think that's amazing that a God... Can sympathize with us. You know, he understands what it means to be uh, a human, and he understands what it means, he understands what we go through. Um, So, you know, the first point was that he owns the supply, he is sovereign, and that also that he's approachable, that we can talk to him, we can approach him, and that we can confidently believe that he will give us what we ask for. Um, Amen. Um, God wants us to relieve, God wants to relieve us of the burden to carry the ups and downs of life um, by ourselves. Um, even pride can trick us to think that we can't work it out on our own strength. I know even as guys, sometimes, um, you know, a, a classic example is a guy driving and he doesn't want to ask for directions he, he could figure out on his own. And now we have GPS, so we don't have to stop. <laughs> but even in that, like, sometimes we feel too prideful to trust in God. You know, we think we can do it on our own. We think we can... Figure it out. Um, we could plan everything. We could have all our I's dotted, our T's crossed. And then, you know what? Everything will work out because of that. But don't let pride get in the way of relying on God to do what He's called us to do. Even in the move, we might be unsure of everything that's going on or what we want to do, but trust God that He's going to do what He has called us to do and that He's going to, uh, you know, fulfill his promises. Amen? Amen. Um, it's foolish to think that we, that we have to do everything on our own when we have a God that tells us to trust him. Um, if I have, like I take my father, for example, he owns a cleaning company, and if I ever needed a carpet washed, carpet cleaned, I, he's one phone call away, you know, like that's what he does. <laughs> So, and he can supply that, yeah, I'm not going to pay him. I mean, he, <laughs> my wife would probably want to pay him, but I'm not going to pay him. That's, not my, that's my dad. Like, <laughs> you know, I'm like, I'm not going to pay him. But <laughs> I think even in God, like, God, he owns everything else, you know? So, like, he doesn't, and he doesn't require payment from us, and, which is amazing that we can ask him to, for, for things that he owns, which is everything. Amen. Amen. Oh. I think that's, that's about it, so let's close out in prayer. Um, Father, we just thank you that you are trustworthy and that um, we can rely on you. Thank you for even giving us that option, Father. Um, we just trust you, uh, being a sovereign God and being a gracious and loving God. We just honor you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. <clears throat> I guess it's time for questions and answers.